Well, God is good and God is here. Amen. All right, I'm going to dive right in. I got got somewhere to go. Amen. All right. James chapter 3. We've been in James for a while. I'm just going to dive right in where I left off last week. Do you remember where we left off off talking about James chapter 3, about the tongue and the power of the tongue and what you've been speaking? I want you to be thinking about this week, this past week, what have you been saying? Have you been writing down what you've been saying? Have you been noticing what's in your heart? Do you remember from last week? Okay, if you get lost, go back and listen to last week's sermon because I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to go. But it's so important to know what's in your heart. What's coming out of your mouth is going to define what's in your heart. Amen. out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we need to be listening. It's like knowing where your financial situation is. Go look at where you're spending your money. You'll know where your heart is. You'll know where your problems are. Don't live in some dream world just wondering, well, I wish I had more money. Well, no, go look at where your money's going. Same thing with your heart. What's coming out of your mouth? Are you wondering why you're up against a wall, why you can't break through? The Word of God tells you to take a look at your mouth. You remember what what I said last week? The doctor always says, show me your tongue. What does God say? Show me your tongue. You show me what's coming out of your mouth, I'll show you really where your heart is. You may, you may uh, say the right thing sometimes, but your heart is far from me. But I will tell you, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we looked at the three examples from James chapter 3 about the, the, the mouth, and one of them was the rudder of a ship. Even though these boats are massive, huge, uh, huge tonnage, just strong pieces of metal, Um, going down the water, but it is directed by this little rudder. And how if someone does not know how to control that rudder, the ship will not make it safely into the harbor. But if someone does know how to control that rudder, they can completely take that boat where it needs to go. The Word of God tells us it's the same way with our mouth, that we are going down through through life out of control because our mouths are out of control. But it goes on to say that no man can tame the tongue. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord can lead us and guide us and teach us how to speak according to his word. And that's what we're dealing with here. Is the Bible says that the tongue is like that in our bodies that we look at, we look at people from the outward appearance, but we don't see their tongue. However, the tongue's use determines the course of a person's life. Our tongue determines our destiny. Now let's turn to uh, Numbers. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Numbers. And we're going to read a pretty lengthy story, uh, a pretty lengthy passage, Numbers chapter 13. And we're going to see here that the Israelites had come out of Egypt and were on their way to the promised land. Now, I want you to realize God had promised this land, right? God had spoken to the children of Israel and said, we're going to this land, right? It was called the promised land. Okay. God arranged with Moses to send 12 men ahead of them to spy out the land, to find out its general character, the nature of its inhabitants, the kind of cities, the kind of fruit, and bring back a report. And one leader was chosen from the 12 tribes to go ahead of the land. If we can just quickly put it into today's terms, it would be like our senators. We have two senators from every state, and the president saying, Senators, go and spy out this land that God has told us we can have. I'm going to send you all to go look at it. Come back and tell me what it's like. And it was a breakdown of all the, all the states. Here it's a breakdown of all the tribes. I'm going to send one person from each tribe so everyone's represented. So if one person's used to live in one way, another's used to live in another way, we're going to get, we're going to get 12 words right here. Find out what the land looks like, right? And they spent 40 days. 
walking around the land. Numbers 13, verse 26. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word to them, to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. They've just gotten back. They've got the word. They've been gone 40 days, right? Y'all with me? Okay. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, key word, or however, or but. That's the word we use today, a big but. The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Now, can you feel what we've been singing? Can anybody feel this now? I will tell you, I've not talked to Robert. I've not talked to Tammy. I've not talked to David. The Holy Spirit's talked to him. Okay, now, this this is our nation. This is the church. This is the children of Israel. This is God's chosen people. Okay, are we there? Oh, you remember the descendants of Anak. What are those? Giants. Thank you. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession of it, for we are able to overcome it. Now, I've never thought of this, but I just read this. Caleb quieted the people. I wonder what that looked like. Okay, let's just think about it. Let's go up all at once and take the possession, for we are well able to overcome it. 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Oh, I got way ahead of myself. I'm supposed to be at verse 28, so you guys just got the spoiler. Let me ask you something. Uh, Let me go back. If you go back to verse 24... You know, it said in verse 26, it said as they were given the report that it was a land that flowed with milk and honey, that there was plenty of fruit. There was a lot of stuff there. If you go back to verse 24, it says that it took two men to carry a bunch of grapes, a bushel of grapes. They were, the, the blessing was so big that it took two men to carry on poles a, a thing of grapes. That's how great this land was, okay? But when God gives you a promise... Are you going to accept the promise at face value? Now, I want you to know I read, I read Psalm 121 to you today. That's a promise. That's God's word for you. Now, we sing these songs. God is my strength. He's my refuge. Always. Can I tell you? That's God's word. That's a promise for you. Now, we can sing the songs and go on and, and, and just come under, under the authority of our attacker or we can come under the authority of the king and come over the authority of the tacker and operate according to God's word. Now, they had had a word. God had given them a word. But when God gives you a promise, are you going to accept that promise and walk that promise as though it is true, or are you going to say, nevertheless, my problem is big. Nevertheless, this thing's so big, I can't get through it, and I'm probably not going to get through it. And we should, we, should, we should try something else. Nevertheless, this was a fatal word that caused the people to be disturbed 
and distressed. But two spies, however, Caleb and Joshua, refused to go with the negative attitude. Now I'm going to pick right back up. I've already read it, but I'm going to read it again. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, But the men who had gone up with them said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Look what Caleb said. We are well able to overcome it. The other ten spies said, We are not able. One set of spies said the positive, the other said the negative. And as we follow this story, you are going to see that each group got exactly what they said. Each group's destiny was settled by their words. Let's, let's flip over to Numbers 14. Stay with me in your Bibles, if you will. Verse 20. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according, catch this, according to your word. But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Verse 22. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have put, to me, have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice. They, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. By positive confession, Caleb settles his destiny for the positive. Now I'm going to keep reading. I know this is a lot, but hang in there with me. Verse 26. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Verse 28. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so will I do to you. Just as you have spoken in God's hearing, so will he do to you. God is such a good God, he gives what we ask. His word says, if we ask, he'll give. Is that his word? We only want to think that that asking is only the good stuff. We apply that scripture to the good stuff we're asking for, not to the idle words that we speak all day long. We don't realize what we're asking for during the day. But when we come in on Sunday, we ask for the good stuff. When we get home on Monday, what are we asking for? Is that what we're receiving? Is that where we are? Ooh, it's getting, getting heavy. It's getting good. What verse am I on? Did I read verse 28? Yeah, verse 29. I want to read it again. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. A good way, a good way to look at that is if you're speaking good, this is a good thing to stand on right here. We want to see this as a, as a negative. No, it's a positive. That if we're speaking appropriately, God's watching over his word so that he can fulfill it. Can I also tell you with the words you're spoken, speaking, he's looking over his word to fulfill it? What's his word? He's listening to what you're saying and he's, he's fulfilling it. Mm. It kind of helps to put the, put the weight back onto us. Quit blaming God and start looking. Are we serving God? Are we following God? Where's our mouth? Show me your tongue. Verse 29. The carcasses you have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. 
The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this darkness, if fall in this wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to your entire number for 20 years old and above. Verse 30. For Caleb the son of uh, Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in, except Caleb and Joshua. Verse 31. But your little ones, who you said would be victims, I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. Again, I want to go back. It says, as you have spoken in my hearing, so will I do to you. Basically saying, your destiny is settled by your words. You have settled what God will do by the words that you have spoken. I'm going to keep reading. Verse 36. Now the men whom Moses sent to spy the land who returned made all the congregation complain against him by bringing a bad report of the land. It wasn't just that they complained. They've gotten the people on board now. Those very men who brought the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. Did I flip it? I did not. But Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, remained alive of the men who went out and spied the land. Okay, that's it. I'm done with numbers. Whoops, go back. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life. Is this Numbers chapter 13 and chapter 14 not a clear illustration? The men that spoke negatively settled for death. The men that spoke positively received life. I'm not talking about pie in the sky positively. I'm talking about the word of God positively. There's a difference in living in denial and just speaking uh, fairy tale. I'm not talking about fairy tale. I'm talking about what God says, speaking that. Those who said we are not able, were not able. Those who said we are able, were able. All I can see the difference in the two, the two spies is what came out of their mouth. The same lesson applies to us. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands. Since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of us be found to have fallen short of it. How many of us, don't raise your hand, have fallen short of entering into the Lord's rest? It's the, the promise is still there. Let us not be found falling short of entering in to the promise of God's rest. Not entering into the promise, entering into the rest. For we have the good news. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. We now live under the new covenant of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus. They did not have that. They had the law. They had to try 
to do it on their own. And at the end of the year, they had to go to the priest and ask for forgiveness. Let the priest go before them and kill a lamb. We have the perfect lamb of God. We have the total provision. We do not have to live under the, under the law anymore. We live under the new covenant, which is grace and mercy and repentance and turning our hearts. If we turn our hearts, if it says that if we will confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. We have a better plan, but we've got to be found entering in to the plan. The same promise God gave Israel still stands for us. It's a promise of entering into the rest of God. They were promised the promised land. We were promised the promised life. Jesus Christ came to give life and life more abundantly. But we got to be careful we don't fall short of it in the same way that they did in the Old Testament. They heard the promise and then added the word, nevertheless. Instead of focusing on the promise of God and boldly confessing their faith in the promise and the power, they focused on the negative. They saw giants and walled cities and said, we are not able. God released the Caleb's and the Joshua's Release the Caleb's and the Joshua's. You know what? The power to overcome those people, those giants, were not in Caleb and Joshua. They were in God. Caleb and Joshua didn't have any more to offer physically than the other ten tribes. But they had something to offer spiritually. And all it was was faith. And that's all it took. And all it took was the faith of the two. It didn't take the 12, it took the two. Two is enough. We, God wiped out the 10, restored the 10, and went and took the land. God said it. I am able. God said it. You are able. You are able. Okay, I'm, uh, shoot. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do one of these. Five minutes. You know when a pastor says five minutes, he doesn't mean five minutes. <clears throat> Diseases of the tongue. I've got a few of these. I'm going to do one. Five minutes. There are six diseases that commonly infect our lives through the misuse of our tongues and in some cases can be fatal if we let it go. Disease number one, excessive talking. It's a funny one. I like to grab hold of this one because I'm not a big talker and my wife likes for me to talk. So I, somehow we can, we, we can spin to make it work to where I don't, I'm not a big talker. You'd say, Pastor, you preach all the time. I do, but how many of you men, when you get with your wives, the talking sometimes stops? Now, we don't want to take this word and not talk to our wives. That's not what I'm talking about. You want to hurt your marriage, stop talking to your wife. You need to talk to your wife. You need to talk to God. I'm not talking about those two things. I'm talking about excessive talking. Look what it says right here. 
And let me tell you, this disease is so common that people accept it as normal when it is not normal. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19 says this. When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. Same scripture. That was the NIV. This is the New American Standard. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. In other words, if you say too much, the chances of you saying something wrong increase. There is no alternative. But we're also warned in Scripture not to use too many words toward God Himself. And this is a warning that we... Whoa. I think God's trying to get our attention. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen, ra- go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Verse 2. Don't be quick with your mouth. Don't be hasty in your heart to utter things before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. We come into the presence of the Lord to receive. God's all-knowing. We don't have to teach God anything. We are on the downloading end. Our uploading is praise. Our uploading is need. Our uploading is one of a servant to a king. That's a good word. Be careful to sing of surrender or total giving your life for Jesus and then not doing it. God will hold us account for the words that we speak. The next verse, verse 3. It says, a dream comes when there are many cares, and many words mark the speech of a fool. To use too many words is the mark of a fool. Scripture says, be slow to speak and quick to listen. I'm going to stop there. I've got so much today, but I'm I'm going to stop right there. I believe that, um, I believe the word for today is twofold. Where are your eyes? Where is your tongue? Is your eyes focused on the problem? Or is it focused on the Lord? I want you to know Caleb and Joshua were not ignorant to the fact that problems existed in the promised land. They saw the giants. They saw the same things that the other ten tribes saw. But their sight was not based on that. Their sight was based on on God. And God said we can do it. We can do it. What are you facing today? I want you to know that God says he has a promise for you. And he has a promise for you to step into today and tomorrow. Don't be found falling short of what God's promised you. Step into that promise. As the last song we sang, I have a hope. My God is for me. He's not against me. I will yet praise him, my great redeemer. Will you guys stand up with me?
I turn my eyes into the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God, you are in heaven, and we are on earth. I thank you for your manifested word this morning through our music, through your people, Lord, through your through your word from, from the pulpit, Lord. And Lord, I just ask right now that we as a body would break our vision, our fleshly vision. And Lord, that you would supernaturally open our eyes to see how great you are. And not only how great you are, but that you are looking over us and that you are not sleeping, but that you are keeping the sun off of us in the day and keeping us safe at night. And not one thing can come at us that you are not aware of and that you are not prepared for and that you have not prepared us for. But Lord, do not find this church, do not find this body not stepping into your promise. Find us stepping today into your promise. How do we step into that promise? We change what we're speaking. Lord God, help us to fill our hearts up with your word, with your power, with your presence. And Lord, eventually, that, that, over, that, 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 that outpouring will start to flow out of our mouths. Lord, forgive us of our doubt. Forgive us of trying to do it on our own. Do you know Jesus? Have you received Jesus? Right now where you sit, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I've blown it. I've tried everything I can, and I can't do it. I need you, Jesus. Have you stepped away from the Lord? Have you stepped away from the Lord in your marriage, in your job, in your life? My help comes from the Lord. Your help comes from the Lord. Those that are ministering with me, will you all come on down? I'm just going to open up the altar and just say, if you need prayer for any reason, come down here. If you need to come to the altar and get right with God, come to the altar. Step out in faith. Make that first step of saying, my help comes from the Lord. As Miss Tammy sings, step out. Let us pray.